0: up to this pulpit. And, uh, and, and he's just going to share a thought before I share my thought. You may be seated. Come on up.
1: It's great to be in this house today. The move of his spirit is prevalent here today. Now, When pastor first asked me to do this, I, I was literally just about to say, No, (laughs) no, I did not want to do this. I don't like public speaking. Uh, It's not something I enjoy doing. But something stopped me. So I'm just like, okay, so I'll just wait it out, see what happens. And then convention rolls around and I felt a burden uh, to speak speak today. And then as the week progressed, uh, BQE happened and the rally was complete and utter confirmation of what I wanted to speak today, and I told him I wanted to do it. So uh, I don't really have notes. I'm just going to see what happens here. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want I just to kind of talk about a few people that came to my mind. Noah, Abraham, David, and then Jesus. So Noah, as we all know, builder of the ark. Um, and in that time period, nobody uh, was really living for God. They were all evil and inherit in this world, except the family of Noah. So he called him to um, build the ark. And eventually, uh, flood came, and then afterwards, uh, Noah's family went out and repopulated the earth. Abraham was the father of mid-nations, um, and from Abraham stemmed Isaac, and then Jacob, and then Jacob, who was then called Israel. Uh, had 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel, and then from Judah, his son, came the line of David, and then the line of David came Jesus. And then, to tie kind of Abraham, Noah, and David, all of them went through storms, trials, and challenges so that they were able to step into the calling that God had for each of them. And now, this is where Jesus comes in. But Jesus was the son of God. He was the Christ. Surely he did not have to go through this, but he did. When he fasted, the devil tempted him every single day that he was in the desert and he was fasting. But he was able to counteract that by using scripture. And scripture is a powerful thing. It is the direct words of God and his teachings. And then he was mocked because, you know, he claimed to be the Messiah of God, but he was just a carpenter and the son of a carpenter from Nazareth. And he was constantly mocked and questioned by the Pharisees, the religious leaders of that time. And then what ended up happening was that he was tortured and beaten and crucified. The whips used by those, the Romans had barbs on them, which ripped his skin, making him not recognizable as a human. Like he was covered in blood. He couldn't see when he was on the cross. He couldn't even really tell who anybody was except his mother and John. But through that, he, he suffered through that pain so that he could save all of us save sinners, save us all, redeem us, and that we can walk in his purpose. Now, since we are Christians, we are supposed to be like Christ, God's image, God's reflection. And That means we also have to go through trials and storms to prepare for the purpose that He has for us, the calling that He's laid out for us. That's really.
2: All I <laughs> Good job, buddy. Good job.
0: Yes. You know, I could have asked anybody for this first one here, and. Uh, you know, that I want to start doing on these family weekends. And I looked around, and I was like, you know who I want to ask? I've been seeing Dylan just at the altar, worshiping God, pursuing God, kneeling at this altar, sometimes the last one there, just uh, to me, I want the person who is in pursuit of Jesus Christ. And so I, I know that he is, and I appreciate him and his heart, um, just a couple of announcements please keep in prayer sister Becky Tussing I prayed for her right in this this uh, this aisle here today but she's going to be having surgery on Tuesday um, if you could keep my old boss his name's Carl in in prayer um, he texted me this morning and I haven't talked to him in a long time my old boss from Wisconsin and he specifically asked our church to pray and have people in our church pray because he is dealing he's been sick for over a month and so he said will you please have, the church pray, and I said, absolutely, I will tell them, and so keep Carl in your prayers if you could, along with Becky Tussing, Um, and so if you're a guest, either in person or online, we're thankful you're here, Uh, this is a privilege for us to worship alongside of you, or to worship here uh, in the digital world with you, Um, if you are a guest, fill out a uh, connect card, because it allows us to send you a, a digital invitation to a VIP lunch, which we had today, Deshawn came with Luke, and then we had Billy Joe, brother Billy Joe and sister Esther, and it's Esther's birthday today, so make sure you tell her happy birthday. <laughs> And so praise God. This Wednesday is going to be full church prayer. Uh, that is not a free Wednesday off. To skin. No, we're going to come together. Prayer is just as important as anything. And so uh, we're going to have a great time of prayer. And God's already given me uh, just a word to share with you. It's not a preached message or anything, but uh, for for Wednesday. So I'm looking forward to telling you that. Memorial Day weekend's coming up. Um, so if you don't have plans, we you know we hopefully you'll stick around and stay in town on Memorial Day because we have a great weekend plan. That Saturday night, May 27th, we're having our second Ignite service of the year. Uh, this is, yes, it's open to everybody, geared at ages 18 to 35, casual service. And our, spe- uh, our speaker is Sister Shock. Um, you might know her as another name, but we, uh, there's, she has a specific line of work. And so um, we are very intentional about the way we uh, promote her. Um, so you won't see a lot of online promotion Um, And it might be even under uh, another name. And there will be no live stream that weekend. So that Memorial Day weekend, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, you better be here in person because it's going to be awesome. But we will not be live streaming it because of her line of work. So um, she'll be with us that Sunday, which is also Pentecost Sunday. And then uh, Monday the 29th, we have our Memorial Day picnic, our annual picnic that takes place at Stocksdale Park. This year, we have both shelters reserved, so we don't have to fit and jam under one shelter. We got, we got pretty much that whole area is uh, reserved. And then, of course, maybe we'll have time to beat the youth in softball. So, um, and then a couple registration reminders, a lot of different things. They're special, they're talented, but they're still not good enough to beat the adults in softball. So, uh, registration reminders... Man, I hope I don't eat my words. Um, Registration is now open for youth summer camps. Uh, junior camp, which is the 8 to 11 range, that's not open yet. Don't worry, we'll get you the information because that's not till July. But junior high camp, which is ages 12 to 15, again, listen up because the kids are excited, but they're not going to register themselves usually. So parents, guardians, I know there's a lot of announcements, but make sure you jump on refugechurchonline.com or go to Planning Center, the Church Center app. Um, because uh, junior high camp, ages 12 to 15, that's taking place May 30th to June 3rd. Then senior high camp, which is ages 15 to 18, is June 6th to June 10th. Registration's open for both of these, so you'll want to register. North American Youth Congress. If you're here and you're unfamiliar what that is, it's something unlike you've probably ever seen or experienced. They can only go, to United Pentecostal Church International Youth, all gather, converge on one spot from North America, and they can only, it's gotten so large, they can only go to indoor football stadiums, which leaves you about seven locations in the United States. This one happens to be in St. Louis, um, I almost said Indianapolis, but that's general conference, something different. So uh, that's July 26th to the 29th. That's also registration is open online. And then our all church retreat is also coming up where we drive about three hours away. And that's Friday, October 20th to Sunday, October 22nd, just To make sure this is not just singles, individuals, youth, old, family. It's everybody is invited to this. We do not have any service that Sunday. Our service is off grounds. We go stay there. We rent a gym. We have a bonfire. We have a lakeside devotional. We have music. It is a phenomenal, wonderful time. So it does not matter your age, your marital status. It doesn't matter anything you can come. If you have financial issues, don't, don't not come because you can't afford to come. See me, and we will figure out a way. I want everybody to be able to be there. It's going to be a wonderful weekend. Amen? Amen? Well, praise God. How many of you have either yourself have said these words or you had your parents say, be careful now. If you've ever had that said to you by your parents, raise your hand. All right? If you, as a parent, have ever said to your children, be careful, raise your hand. Okay? If you're a child, you need to listen to your parents. If they say, be careful, they know what's best, they're looking to protect you. But there's a difference between being wise and being fearful. We live in a society right now that's fearful of a lot of things. People learn to be live, uh, fearful of disease, fearful of politics, fearful of fear your neighbor, fear those who look different than you. People are afraid now if a, if a conservative news anchor gets fired from a network. People are afraid about everything. Parents say, be careful. Politicians, be careful. Careful who you trust. Don't trip. Stay close. But the Bible says something interesting. Philippians 4, verse 6, it says, Be careful for nothing. What? Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. We all need the peace of God to keep both our hearts and and our minds. Why? Because without peace, our, our minds will run to some crazy places. Maybe that's why scripture tells us to cast down imaginations. God is calling his people to not fear. And today I want to talk on this topic. Fear is a liar. Fear, I know there's a song out there. I'm not going to sing it, but fear is a liar. Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are. Let us be open and ready to receive your word. You've already spoken to our youth group, but you're not done. You're getting ready to speak to the children. You're getting ready to speak to the adults. You're getting ready to speak to people here in person. You're getting ready to speak to people online. God, you're getting ready to do something here today that could revolutionize the way we live our lives. So help us to be open and receptive. In Jesus' name. If you struggle with fear, don't worry. Some of you will get, you know what? You'll get that on the way home, but hang on. What otherwise, one, one time David was writing in a psalm about how he was living in fear. He was open with his feelings. He's writing these things down. And he was afraid of the king of Gath, so he pretended to be insane. Guess what? Fear will make you insane if you let it hang around. If you let fear hang around, you will start to feel insane. And so David, he didn't let it, though. He writes in Psalm, Psalm 34, 4, he says, I sought the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. I think God wants to do that here today. I think God wants to deliver some men, women, and children from living in fear. But really, when you break it down, let's go ahead and have a little bit of fun today. Adult, man, woman, child, does not matter. Why, in your thought process, why does someone fear? Unknowns anyone else? Something they can't control. Huh? Scared of the outcome or what's going to happen? Physical harm? Okay. Okay. Fear of not having choices? Of their choices. Okay. Okay. Mental? Anyone else? Why does someone fear? Past experiences. Intimidation. These are all great answers. Because I think we would all acknowledge that like, oh, we think of a person who lives in fear. And you can think of someone. Or you can think of a time you lived in fear. I think at all times, there's there's no one here that's never feared something at some time. But... We can understand. I don't have to define. Go to Webster's Dictionary. Here's what fear is. We know what fear is. We know the emotion. We can think of the way it makes us feel in our heart and our blood pressure, our hands getting, palms get sweaty in our minds. We know how those things feel. But to think about why fear happens, that can be intriguing. I put together a list of some things I thought of, and you've already covered a lot of them. But they feel like they've, people will fear when they feel like they have lost control of their situation. They don't believe their future is in the hands of an actual divine creator. They don't feel like their divine creator loves or cares about them. They're wondering if they're supposed to be doing something differently that could possibly change their situation, so that's fearful. Fear puts more emphasis on our performance than it does on God's performance. They don't want something to happen to them that messes up their plan. Or how about this? Human beings naturally tend to fear. This is why God can say, cast down imaginations. Fear not. I will always be with you. I will never leave you. Isaiah 41 says, don't be afraid. Easier said than done, but scripture says we are not supposed to live in fear. There is never a time in your life where you go through something and God's will, hear me, God's will for you is he wants you to be afraid. There's nothing, even when it says fear the Lord, it's a reverence, it's a respect, it's an honor, but the fear as we know it, there's nothing that will ever come your way that it is God's will for you to live in fear. And so he says, fear not, don't be afraid, I'm with you. Don't be discouraged, I'm your God. I will strengthen and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. What a promise, guys. When we read this, think about your situation, your life, everything you go through. I read this and I go, hang on a second here. There's never a day of my life that I ever have to be afraid. How many of you know the story of three boys who were thrown into a fiery furnace, specifically asking children now. Anyone know a story about three boys thrown into a fiery furnace? Raise your hand if you know that story. Children, anybody know that story? Do you? Well, can you tell me something you remember from that story? That's a very succinct version. Well done. Three, three people get thrown in a fire and Jesus saves them. Hallelujah. What else do we remember about the story? Huh? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All right. Anybody else remember anything about this story? They saw a fourth person in the fire. Anyone else remember anything about this story? That's pretty succinct. That's pretty much it, huh? So you got something else? They believed in you. So story has it, they say, King Nebuchadnezzar says he, he makes this massive statue, which if you could try to get this, this kind of wrap your brain around this. This statue was 90 feet by nine feet. Okay. Do you know that the length of this building, the church from the front to the back, anybody know how many feet that is? 75 feet. The statue was taller than the entire church building. And then it was nine feet wide. So you can imagine this statue is just 90 feet, okay? 90 feet as they're gathering before it. And then they said, when the music starts playing, everybody's got to bow down and get down and worship this statue. Well, three Hebrew boys are like, hold on a second here. I don't bow to anybody except for the one true God. And so they're like, you know what? Uh, I know we can talk big like, well, I just wouldn't bow then. Until the first passage of scripture says, unless you bow, we're going to put you in the fiery furnace. Well, now our big talk kind of is like, ah, well, um, whoever refuses to obey will be thrown in a blazing furnace. Well, now they're going, ah, uh, yeah, and everybody else, don't tell me those three Hebrew boys were the only believers of God in that whole place. You see, because there comes a time where even the people who believe like you do might end up bowing to the things of this world. But that doesn't mean because anybody around you bows and, well, we've been walking and rolling together for a while. We're friends. We believe the same thing. We were taught the same Sunday school class. It does not matter. If God says to stay standing when everyone else is bowing, we better stay standing. But was there fear in their situation? I would certainly like to think it probably was. I doubt that you're looking at a fiery furnace, a big statue, the music starts, and this wasn't like a hundred people. This was thousands of people throughout the kingdom that all bowed down. Could you imagine? You're just standing there in a group of people, like, yeah, I'm just blending in with the crowd. The music starts and boop. And you by yourself are. Everybody's bowed. It's not like, oh, maybe they're just taller or shorter. No, they're bowed to the ground. You're standing there with three, you and two friends. And it says one of the astrologers goes, hey, King, I I just seen something. Like he was really onto something deep. doesn't really take a lot when you look out over thousands of people. Everybody bows down. Hey, there's three people still standing. So the king is just furious. He's like, oh, no, you're going to bow. We're going to give you one more chance. And again, what do you do at this moment? You could say, well, I'm standing tall for the cause of Christ. But when you see the fiery furnace blazing and they say, we're going to give you one more shot here. Man, I'd like to think every one of us would still be standing. But fear would be very real at that moment. Because that music, no doubt their palms were sweating. Their heart was racing. They're going, okay, okay, God, okay. And so he says, we're going to give you another shot. But guess what? I I want you to think of something here. And I'm speaking to everybody, but children pay attention too. Because the rest of your life, you're going to go into situations. Adults, same thing. We're going to go into situations where we're going to walk into things and we're going to be filled with fear. Fear is not necessarily itself, oh fear is just sin. No, fear is something we must we must face. Courage is not the absence of fear. Right. Sometimes that we, we think somebody like, oh yeah, they, they 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 live with no fear. Anybody remember the old shirts, no fear shirts? Yeah. Are they still around? No? Does anybody still have a no fear shirt? I had a couple. They must have ran their course. But courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is pressing forward in the face of fear. And so the music begins to play. And they see that these three are, they're they're not bowing. They're not not bowing down. And, And all the rest of everybody's bowing down. There's pressure from society. Just like children, youth, even adults, all of us, there's going to be pressure from society to bow to principles and practices of the world as you get older. It's going to happen in elementary. It's happening younger and younger. It's happening in elementary school, middle school, junior high, high school, college. It's happening on the workplace. It's happening all across. It might not be a huge 90-foot gold statue, but there are already things being forced into your life. And if you try to stand up against them, you're going to face the fire of those around you. And hear me when I say, doing the will of God will not feel safe. Someone hear that, because you're going to go into situations and doing the will of God is not going to always feel safe. These three Hebrew boys needed to stand strong when everyone else was afraid. They were the minority, just as you might be the minority in your school or your class as you're trying to stand tall and believe for Jesus. But I want you to hear something about fear. Fear is the control mechanism of the enemy to keep us from doing the will of God. I keep repeating these because these are good tweets right here just in case you're wanting them. But fear is the control mechanism of the enemy to keep you from doing the will of God. And so if you can walk into your college class, if you can say, I want to start a P7 club. And somebody says, what are you going to start? Oh, you're a holy So, Well, you believe in that junk. Ain't nobody going to sponsor you. And you go to a teacher and the teacher talks down to you. You know, you could be like, you know, maybe this isn't me. I'm scared. I'm fearful. I don't know how people are going to read this. I don't know how people are going to respond to this. You might go on your workplace and say, oh, man, I've really wanted to invite that person to church, but I don't want to get fired. And so you're trying to wisely navigate how to do that. Listen, fear is the control mechanism of the enemy to keep you from doing the will of God. And so those boys needed to face their fears. And so when everyone else was bowing, when no one else was standing, look what they tell the king in verse 16. Daniel three sixteen, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, they said, we are not careful. I love that. In this day and age where everyone, be careful, be careful, you got to be careful. Hey, you better be careful. Be careful, be, be careful, you got you to be careful of them. Be careful of that. Be careful crossing the road. Be careful you don't trip. Don't climb on that. Be careful. Everything in this world is be careful, and they look at the king and they say, "Hold on a second here. We, I just want you to know, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this manner. Not no, we're going to be careful in answering. No, they said we are not careful in answering you in this matter. Meaning, there's no reservation. There's nothing in us that has caution, or or we have to give you a straight response." And here's our straight response, O King Nebuchadnezzar, because there are some things I'm not going to be careful about. I'm not here. to. I'm not defending myself. I know that I'm in a situation right now, King, where I can't do anything to get myself out of this situation. God alone has to fight my battles. And so... They said in verse 17, if it be so, they don't know the end of the story. We get the luxury of the whole scripture. We get to know all the ends of the stories. We get to, we get to be the ones that how could the disciples turn against them? How could King David do that? How could Samson do that? We make a lot of our own mistakes. Let's just, let's just be patient. We just get the luxury of reading the ends of their stories. But in that moment, they just said, if it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us. You're not always going to know when you walk into a situation whether or not God is going to act on your behalf in the timing in which you think he should, in the way or manner that you think he should. But if you really trust him, if you really have confidence in him, you'll go up to your situation and go, I'm not sure, but I know that God is able. I know that God is capable and so I'm going to just proceed with keeping him first and give him the chance to be who he says he is. Yes, right. And so they said, he, he's able to do this and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, I love that because again, they're getting ready. Like they know I am going to get thrown in a fiery furnace. I am about to be thrown into that place and all reality says I am going to die. But I know that if I stand for him, he's capable of delivering me out of that. But if he doesn't, It does not change the way I'm going to respond. And so I think we have to have some people in our church, in our day and age, that says, we're going to face some things. And I think, I hate to say, I don't think we've faced the most difficult of circumstances yet. I think that's still coming on the horizon for God and for for the, the Christian church. I think that's coming on the horizon. But I'm wondering if we got a group of people that'll be like, you know what? I'm going to stand. If everyone else bows, I'm going to stand knowing that it might cost me something. But A, I know he is capable to deliver me. But if he doesn't, that does not change the way that I'm going to respond in my standing for Jesus Christ. And so you can imagine the king, they said, we ain't serving other other gods. We're not bowing to this statue. It ain't going to happen. We can imagine that the king was like, hey, I really appreciate your stance. Thank you for verbalizing that to me. No, No, he's like, goes into furious mode, like putting his hand fist through walls mode, like shouting, screaming, okay? Verse 19 said he was so furious with them, he became enraged. And he said, that's it. They already had the fiery furnace going, but they said, turn that thing up seven times hotter, I wonder if anybody's like, hey, we haven't really tested that. It might malfunction. I don't care. You turn that thing up as hot as it possibly can go. Seven times hotter. I want to watch these guys burn. And they're standing there. And they're speaking faith. But just because you speak faith does not mean it's an absence of fear. Courage is moving forward in spite of fear. I I just I'm not there, but I would have it, I would have a hard time wrapping my brain around. These guys felt zero fear. As they're standing there, everyone's bowing music. Now it's a public spectacle. They're watching that thing get cranked up. The flames are getting higher, hotter, to the point where scripture says the people that were standing outside actually were killed. It got so hot that it killed some of his own soldiers who were standing on the outside of the furnace they're looking at it going well guys that's where we're headed (laughs) I can't imagine that there wasn't a little elevated blood sugar blood pressure blood sugar I got diabetes blood (laughs) blood pressure might have been elevated blood sugar too that happens too sometimes But anybody can speak faith in the moment. Anybody in this place. Right now, faith is high. God's here. We feel his presence, his power. Oh, I could just speak faith. God is here. God can do it. God, 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 God. And we can speak faith. But what happens when everyone else around you is bowing and the fire in your life is turned up hotter? What happens when it seems like just the crowd ain't with you, that you don't have the great support system and you're standing kind of, you're outnumbered and everybody else is bowing in the heat of your situation. It doesn't seem to be getting better. It's getting hotter. How do you respond? You know, you learn a lot about people by how they respond when the heat is turned up around them and things aren't going as anticipated. So they ordered some of the strongest men to bring them. And verse 21 says something so interesting. It says, so they tied them up and threw them into the furnace. Interesting, they didn't just throw them in the furnace. They tied them up. They tied them up, fully dressed, tied up. I don't know if that means this. I don't know if that's this, but they're tied up. They're, they're, in, they're in bondage. They're bound. They're bound. You see that, right? So now you're not just trying to stand for God. Now you're bound and being thrown into the furnace, the furnace that just killed people that got too close. Verse 22 tells us that. As they threw the, the flames, killed the soldiers that tried to throw in the men. So, I mean, you got, you got pretty crystal clear evidence there. The people throwing the ones in are dying, so certainly the people that are in the furnace, they're going to die. In verse 23, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego securely tied. There it is again. Scripture wants us to know they weren't just bound. They were securely tied. They were put into this fire bound up. Twice now, he tells us. Securely tied, fell into the roaring flames Now, could you imagine what this is going to do for other believers? We took care of the people who tried to stand for this. Everyone else who's bowing, you better just keep bowing, otherwise you're going to join them. This would have sent such a a shockwave through the Hebrews, the rest of the people that were there, unless it doesn't work. Suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumps up because they're obviously watching this, enjoying the show. Look what's going to happen when somebody tries to defile my orders. Nebuchadnezzar jumps up in amazement. and He exclaims to his advisor. He says, hey, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? They're probably like, you losing your mind? You just watched the whole thing happen. They're like, uh, yeah, king, we certainly did. We bound them up. We we tied them up. We threw them in there. You saw it. The guys died that threw them in. What's, What's your deal? And Nebuchadnezzar says, probably not like, hey, this is interesting. He's going, wow, hey, I see four men we threw. You just told me we threw in three. I see four men. And Daniel makes it clear. There are four men who were unbound. They were thrown in in bondage, tied up, unable to move. And then when they went through the fire, could it be that sometimes God is going to take you through the fire to free you from some of the things that have been keeping you bound? Don't despise the fire. Don't constantly say, why are you doing this? Where are you taking me? God knows if you stand for him, he's going to sometimes take you through the fire to burn away some of the things. Things that had been keeping you bound. And he says, walking around in the fire unharmed. And he goes, in the fourth one, he says, that looks like the son of God. Now, someone explain to me how in the world this king who worships false gods, how in the world does he even know what the son of God looks like? Well, two key things just happened right there. Number one, there was freedom. Number two, there was revelation. For that king to stand up, and I believe under the unction of God, stands up and proclaims that fourth man is the son of God. There was not only freedom, but there was revelation in that moment. God is sometimes going to take you through the fire just to show up and give us some freedom from something that keeps us bound. But he's not just going to do it for you. He's going to do that so he can bring revelation to the situation. God reached to others and the method he used to get the attention of the unbelieving world was to allow his own people to go through the fire. That goes against everything that we think. If we wrote this story, if you were the creative writer of Daniel, I highly doubt any of us would have put our own people in a fiery furnace that was turned seven times hotter just because they stood for God and wouldn't bow to a false God. There ain't no men, there are not people that are going to write the story that way. And that's why sometimes in our brains, we have a hard time with the way God writes our stories. We go, God, why? I don't get this. This doesn't make sense. Why? This isn't fair. You shouldn't do this. We get frustrated with him because his story sometimes puts us right in the middle of the fiery furnace. But when we go there, he says, you just hold tight here because I got a plan. I'm going to burn away some of the things that have kept you bound. But I'm also going to bring revelation to the people around you. Because when I take my own people through the fire, I'm going to let them know that I can take them through the fire. But they can make it through the other side and not be burned. Isaiah talks all about that. He says, you'll go through the waters, but they won't overtake you. He says, you'll go through the fire, but the fire won't burn you. It was prophesied in the Old Testament. So when God takes you through the fire, don't despise the fire. Just go, wow, I know that if he's taken me here, he's got a plan. He can burn away the things that bound me. He can free me, and he can bring revelation to those around me. Why? Because we exist to bring glory to his name. In any way that he chooses to use my life, I I, want to be a part of it. If it requires walking through the flood, I want to walk through the flood. If it requires going through the fire, I want to go through the fire. Why? Because if it will bring revelation to someone around you and around me, that's what ministry is. And in this story, there was not only revelation, there was manifestation. You see, they're walking through. The, who's the fourth? That's the son of God. That's a, he, he manifests himself in that fire. Revelation occurs when God reveals a truth about himself. Manifestation occurs when God shows up and literally reveals himself. Revelation's a truth about himself. Manifestation is literally himself. And as I'm praying and preparing for this message... I believe we at Refuge Church have revelation, but I want more manifestation. I want God to show up in our services, our situations, our small groups, our prayer our prayer, our, 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 our Wednesday nights, our Children's church, Rock Church, Rock Academy, prayer meetings, Wednesday. Night. I want God to show up. To where we go, hang on, I thought I counted 160 people. I see 161. I think, because why, who's that one? That one looks like the son of God, and he's just in the fire dancing with us. I just, I, I don't want just revelation, which I want, but I want manifestation. I want God to show up in my situation. And so what happens? Nebuchadnezzar comes as close as he could. Why? Can't get too close. Three people just died standing outside the thing. So he comes as close as he could, and he goes to the furnace, and he shouts, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants. Whoa, what does he say? Servants of the most high God, because there were high gods in my life, but I think I might have just found the most high God. You see, when you despise the fire, people around you don't ever get to learn about the God you serve. But when you're willing to go through the fire and go, I don't know what's going to happen, but I will stand for God. Those gathered around you are going to go, whoa, the God that they serve is more powerful than anything that I've ever been a part of. And so he says, servants of the most high God, he says, come out. Come here. And so can you imagine this? Fires turned seven times hotter. Three people just died. I think I can't get too close. It's super hot. I'm standing back here. Are you guys in there? Come on out. And can you imagine all of a sudden? What's going on? Did you need something? Because we were just dancing with the Savior in there. So I kind of wasn't ready to come out yet. And so they come out and they stepped out of the fire. You just remember, you might be going through the fire. But if God's with you, you will eventually step out of the fire. You will not stay in the fire forever. If you are pursuing him and you're worshiping and you're standing tall and you're standing strong for God, you won't stay in the fire forever. They come out of the fire and the high officers, officials, governors, advisors crowded around them. Why? I think I would too. What in the world just happened? Everybody wants a first row seat of what they wanted to see. The fire had not touched them. And scripture tells us not a hair on their heads was singed and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. Can you, okay, back in the day you used to have to choose in a restaurant smoking or non. I used to go to some of my grandma, uncle's house and they would smoke and, and I hated it because you would go over there and then you'd have to go back for choir practice in the night and everything would just reek like smoke. Anybody ever been around people who smoke? Your clothes will, will reek like smoke. So they just were in a fiery furnace, hair's not singed, clothes isn't burnt and they don't even they don't even smell like right guard. Okay? <laughs> They don't even smell like smoke. They're like, there's no scent. There's no nothing. There is no evidence anywhere on their body that the fire even touched them. Hold on. So if I can serve God, and if God is with me like he says he's with me, I can do just what Isaiah said. I can go through fire and it doesn't even touch me. That's amazing. That's amazing. They're not even, I don't smell like so. Nebuchadnezzar says, praise. To the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Whoa, this, these 20 minutes just changed their whole, the whole city. They changed their lives. I mean, it went from bow down. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give you one more chance. Seven times hotter, three people dropping dead, throwing you inbound. All of a sudden, come out. Hey, guys, we're all worshiping his God. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted him. They defiled the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Verse 29, therefore, because of that, because of this reason right here, because someone was willing to stand in their schools, on their workplace, amongst their friends when everyone else was bowing, because of that, I'm going to make a decree, he says, if any people, whatever race, nation, language, speak a word against the God of of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're going to be torn limb to limb. And their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. That's how serious it got. Whoa, you were just throwing us in the fiery furnace. Now he's over here going, I can't argue with that. Anybody talks against this guy, I'm destroying your house and ripping you from limb to limb. That's pretty serious stuff. And the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. So you see, this twenty minutes changed their life. But if they would have listened to the voice of fear, and I'm going to be too much longer. But they would have listened to the voice of fear. Fear is a liar. Fear is going to keep you from God accomplishing what He wants to accomplish in your life. That's why today you can be baptized in Jesus' name. But fear is going to say, yeah, you don't really know. I'm not really sure. You can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But fear is going to say, yeah, I'm not really sure. You probably want to sit back on that. Fear is going to say it's time to pray for the sick and watch them recover. but Or, or God's going to say that. And fear is going to go, uh, yeah, but what if they don't recover? I'm not sure. Uh, God's going to say, go and start a P7 club in your school. Fear is going to say, yeah, but I'm not sure if any teachers would support it. God is going to say it's time to stand strong when when everyone else is saying something different. It's time to start a Bible study. It's time to start bringing people to church. Fear is going to go, yeah, but I'm just not sure. God is saying it's time to get down and start teaching children's ministry, getting on the praise team. God's going to start, he's going to start saying these things. But fear is going, yeah, but oh, I just don't know. And, and I'm looking at me, and I'm looking at my shortcomings, and I'm looking at how far I've fallen, and I'm looking at myself instead of looking at God. These three boys didn't survive because they were they had fire suits on. They didn't survive. No, they, Scripture says they were bound, and it, and it lists out all of their clothing. They survived because they were willing to stand for God when everyone else was bowing down, and then God joined them in the fire, and the fire didn't even touch them. It doesn't see no, you're going to go through the fire. God's going to take you through the fire. But don't despise the fire. Don't curse the fire. Go, wow, God, I can't wait to see who is going to worship you as a result of this testimony. I can't wait to see what you're going to do as a result of me walking through this fire and it not even being able to touch me. But hear me when I say fear is a loud and a persistent voice. A loud and a persistent voice. Because you'll pray today, you'll be like, yes, praise God, no more fear, Jesus' name. And you will walk out and you won't even get your hand on the door handle of your car. And fear is going to go, hey, I'm still here. And you know what you should be afraid of? You should be afraid of going back to fear. Fear. I mean, like, fear will start with the most illogical stuff. You should be afraid, afraid of your kids, afraid, are your kids going to serve God? Are they going to come back to God? Is that spot really cancer? Is that cough? Maybe that's pneumonia. Pneumonia could turn into death. I mean, like, fear will do stupid stuff. Well, you know, you're planning to speak, but do you want to get up and speak? What if you say something foolish? You're not really a speaker. You've never really been much of a speaker. Plus, do you know what you've done the last couple months? You think you deserve to stand in that pulpit? My goodness, absolutely not. And so you go, oh, yeah, maybe I should stay away. I better stay away from people, from ministry, I better not share anything with anybody. Oh, the pastor says, bear one another's burdens and weep with those who reap and, and, and rejoice with those who rejoice, but I just don't know if I can trust everybody at the church. So I better, I'm kind of afraid to trust people. I, I'm more of a person that keeps something to myself. So I'm going to be on an island. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of afraid. And so no matter what, fear can go into anything. Fear can go into finances, health, ministry, relationship. Oh, I don't really want to open up. I don't want to pursue a relationship. What if I get hurt? You want to live the rest of your life in fear? That's not God's will for you. God, you will never come across a situation where God looks at you and goes, hey, my will is for you to fear. Never, not one time. The only thing he ever says to fear is fear the Lord. And that's a reverence and a holy respect for the God of creation. But never, there's nothing. Fear, though, has that loud and persistent voice, and it's going to keep coming back and knocking on your door and keep knocking. It's going to keep, yeah, but do you really want to? Yeah, but shouldn't you be afraid? Yeah, be careful. And God's looking for some people that go, King, I will not be careful in this situation. Because I am not going to live in fear. If you want to do something to me, I am not going to fear those who can destroy the body. I'm going to only fear those who can destroy the soul. And the only person that is, is my Lord and my Savior. So go ahead and start the music. Cue the band. They can all bow down. You're going to see me standing here the next 10, 15 years if you let me stand. So if you're not going to do anything, leave me on my way. Or go ahead and throw me in the furnace because I'm not changing. And so that's why, as you leave this place and fear starts knocking, fear starts telling you things, fear starts trying to say, you this, you this, fear puts all the emphasis on you. It's not about me. This is about me being a reflection of Jesus Christ. He orders my steps. He's the one who's the beginning and the ending. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the, pr- He's the first and the last, so I don't have to live this way. I don't have to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything I can to prepare myself for success and study and be the man that God's called me to be, but ultimately, I don't make my own decisions decision. I don't go, I don't open my own doors and close my own doors. I walk according to the plan of Jesus Christ. And so we've got to take dominion over our thoughts. Courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is pressing toward, forward in the face of fear. It's standing for God when everyone else is bowing. It's trusting God even when he allows you to go through the fire. Think about it. Once you have survived a furnace that was turned seven times hotter, what in the world else can scare you? I mean, like, what happens? You're going to be like, oh, you know what? We were just standing. Tomorrow, we're actually going to have a worship band playing here, and we're going to worship God with our own music tomorrow to see if we can get it louder than your music. Well, why? What are you going to do? Throw me in the fiery furnace? I've already been there. I've done that. You can't, f- fire can't touch me. You know, once you go through some things for God, once you go through, when you talk to people that have been, and that's why it's so important that discipleship is, is getting along someone who's walked this way a while because the ones who immediately want to curse the fire and turn away and can curse God and get mad, they're usually people who haven't gone through it yet. But when you get alongside someone who says, listen, honey, you don't need to worry. I've been walking this way a long time and I have come through many fires many floods, many hills, and many valleys. And I can tell you this, God is faithful. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's with you always, even to the end of the world. He will never give you more than you can handle. He, You just cry, and He'll hear your voice. He'll come to you. He'll never leave you alone. And so you talk to some people who have been battle-tested, and they go, I don't have to fear. If they want to throw me in the fire, let's get it over with, because I've already been there. I've done that. I've already got it. I've got, I I can tell you stories. Why? It's not stories about who I am, but it's stories of the God that I serve. And that's why when Isaiah says, when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. There's a theme in scripture that those who stand when everyone else bows, they'll keep standing. God wasn't just with them. They didn't even smell like smoke. And so he frees them, gives them revelation, gives them manifestation. And so we've got to decide something today. Are we going to listen to the voice of God or the voice of fear? So incredible. And I'll wrap up with this story. Those of you keeping time, I'm doing well. I'm just over 30 minutes. I just want to be clear. Announcements don't count my time just so everybody knows. Sister Jen texted me yesterday, and it was interesting because my wife and Kier are still at ladies' conference. The boys were playing. I was just sitting in my living room, just praying, just thinking about today's message, thinking about a number of things that are going on in the church in my life and various things, just really meditating and praying. And uh, I'm sitting in my living room looking out my windows, and I get a text, and she says, hey, I had a dream. Can I call you at some point? Which, I'm not interpreter of dreams, but I was like, yeah, sure, go ahead, and, you know. <laughs> so, so, and she doesn't get many dreams, she says, that she can remember. So she calls me in children's ministry. These are children's ministers that love you guys. Oh, my goodness, you are so blessed with Brother Rich and Sister Jen. And you're blessed with all the staff. That works, works with you. Uh, And so she, it's so interesting because she starts her story, and I don't like to interrupt people. I wish I almost would have, though, because she starts in her opening line, God spoke to me, in the opening line. She started and said, I had a dream that we were downstairs on Sunday. It was Rock Church. The kids were just starting to come in with the great energy level that they always have. But service had not yet started, and she said, there was a lion and a bear that came into the lower level. That's all she said, and instantly God spoke to me. But I listened, didn't say anything. And she said, and in my dream, I was, I was stressed. I was like, oh, my goodness. She saw the hair of the bear and the lion, and they were just fighting with each other and playing. And, and so she looked at her husband who was playing with the kids you were supposed to be helping. <laughs> and she was. And he was playing with the kids. And uh, she said that they rolled into, I believe it was Sister Daylene's room. Was it that you said? They went to Sister Daylene's classroom. And so she's in what was where Sister Ginger teaches. And she said she remembers Felicity. And she's like, she's like trying to close the door and, and, and get the kids into the room. And she's thinking, I got to hold this door closed so they can't come in. And so she's just stressing out, and the lion comes, like, walking back into the main area. I hope I'm doing this right. I'm doing my best. And she said that that she just was, like, stressed. And she, remember, she ended up telling her, she doesn't get the whole dream, but she ends up telling her husband, yeah, I had this dream, and starts detailing it. And Brother Rich says the exact same thing. She tells me what he says, the exact same thing that God had said to me the minute she started her story. Brother Rich said, well, David killed the lion and a bear. And here's the thing that God had said to me as soon as she started, because, you know, natural human inclination is fear. I saw the lion and the bear, and I was afraid That's, that is what we do. We got to protect. We, there's, a, there's a fear there because somebody is engaging our children. They're a, there's in a dangerous spot. But when she started, all she said was lion and bearing, God literally spoke to me and said, David killed a lion and a bear, and I am raising up. If you are the ages of, what is that, 5 to 11, stand up right now if you're ages 5 to 11. Here is what God said. He said, David killed a lion and a bear. He said, I am raising up this generation to do the exact same. And he said, you have nothing to fear. And that does not mean that a lion and a bear, devils roaring, as a, as a seeking who he may, whom he may devour. He's, he's rolling around. He wants, he wants them. But we have nothing to fear. These children are being raised... They're, these kids are not being handed electronic devices to just keep them. Here we are on family, or on family weekend, and these kids are all listening to what I'm saying. They're up here worshiping. Just a moment, they're about to be at this altar seeking and pursuing God. We are raising children that are not just here so we can enjoy service or send them down there or hand them electronics, Shh, quiet until the service is done. Our kids are engaged. They're worshiping. They're pursuing God. They're teaching. They're being taught. These kids are powerful. They are powerful. They have God has this hand on them. And whatever lions and bears are roaring and trying to devour them, we have nothing to be afraid of. Would you stand to your feet today? What do you have going on right now? What is it? What is it that's going on in your situation that is causing fear? You afraid for health? afraid for ministry, afraid for your children, afraid for, what? what, what is it? I mean, what, what fear is going, hey, you need to bow, you need to bow. This is in control of you. This is a situation that's in control of you. And right now, everything around you, maybe everybody around you is even bowing. Whatever it is, it's time for you to stay standing and go, hold it. There's nothing, there's nothing in my life that it's God's will for me to be afraid of. There's nothing that God is saying, you need to fear that, you need to be afraid of that. You need to really keep your, oh, really be really be afraid of that even in the new testament when he says keep watch be steadfast lift up your heads there is an awareness but there's not fear there's not fear there's nothing not even in end times okay there's there even if oh post trip what if we're here through the tribulation He still you don't he's not ever saying you should live in fear be aware lift up your head be prepared But if you serve God, and he's really leading and guiding and ordering your steps, you're never, you never have to be afraid. You never have to fear. That's where you can go, hold on, greater is he that lives in me. There's not ever a time where I'm going to be afraid of my situation. Yeah, but what about this? What about this? What about relationship health? What about the building? Where are we going to go? There's nothing to fear! What about when, oh, when you stand tall and everyone else bows, you just keep standing tall. You keep going, God, I know you're with me. No matter where you take me, I know that you're going to bring, you know what? He might take you through the fire to bring freedom over the things that have bound you. He might bring revelation or it might just be time for manifestation where God shows up in your situation right along with you. And you can look at the flames and you can look and go, hold on a minute here. I don't care about these. Flames, there's God. God's dancing in the fire with me. If God's dancing in the fire with me, I certainly don't have anything to be afraid of he ain't going to let us all burn I'm with him hey I'm with you ever use somebody's name when you go to a place yeah I'm with him I'm with him that just gets you in some places there I'm going to look at people and say I'm with Jesus I'm with Jesus that's fine throw me in the fire turn the furnace up seven times hotter I'm with Jesus Church, it's time to stop living in fear. It's time to let stop letting the situations dictate your worship. It's time to stop and say, I will not bow to that worry. I will not bow to that doctor's report. I will not bow to someone telling me I can't do ministry. I will not bow to the situation at work. I will not bow to the way the checkbook looks. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stand tall. I'm going to say, Jesus, I'm with you. God I'm a worshiper Jesus God I'm not going to let my situation dictate it I'm not going to bow to worry I'm not going to bow to fear fear is a liar I invite you to come to a find a place to pray to come to an altar and say God I worship you God I exalt you not my problem God, I know that maybe I feel bound right now. And maybe I'm feeling like I'm in the middle of the flames. But God, burn away what binds me, God. Let there be revelation. Let there be manifestation, God. Thank you, Lord. Help us not to live in fear. Help us not to be afraid. Help us not to look more on our own circumstance and situation. But let us look into the eyes of the King of kings and the Lord of lords cheese